Welcome back to the Digital Dive Podcast. This week, we talk about Google and the fact that they're not going to do personalized advertisements anymore. We also talked about Gatorade and their new tech product. The return of the Moto 360. The bendable iPhone that went viral on YouTube. And the brand new Snapdragon sound. And of course, we ended off with stuff we like this week. That's pretty much it. Roll the intro. Jacqueline Dallas from NBT Jacqueline. How's it been? How's, how's the week been for you? What's what's going on? What's what's new? It's been good. Dude, I feel like I should just like correct it because I, I just noticed it in listening back. So my handles are NBT Jacqueline, but the channel name is nothing but tech. And I think that that is kind of confusing. So I feel like I should set the record straight for everyone right now. So this is nothing but techs, Jacqueline Dallas. If you want to <laughs> yeah. find her, you can find her at NBT Jacqueline on all social platforms. I'm actually so upset about it because it happens all the time <laughs> and I just cannot get the handle. I even tried to like buy it off of like the person that owns it and they never replied. The nothing but tech handle? Both that and the MBT one. I felt like either is better than MBT Jacqueline or even Jacqueline, Mm -hmm. but no one replied. No, I've been trying to get at Darsh for the longest time everywhere. Like I really want my Instagram to be at Darsh. I feel like that's the coolest thing. Like maybe this is the most 2020 or like most 2021 like type thing. Like the username you have for Instagram, Twitter, and like Facebook, everything is just like, if you have just your name, you are the coolest person because you are the only person who has that one username. Take that in. I totally agree with you. Yeah, no, someone wrote me and their username was Emery and just Emery. I was like, damn, that's so cool. Like, I wonder what they do for a living that like they could get this username. My brother got at his name, just his first name on Dispo. He was, he, he was he's just so happy. He's like, he's like, here's the name. And I was like, damn it. I couldn't even get at, I couldn't get at Darsh, but he got at his first name. Oh, no way. It was taken. Yeah. At Darsh was taken. Wow. Mine was open. I could have gotten at Jacqueline at MBT or my username, but I thought it was better to like have the same username across every platform. Yeah. I figured the same thing as well. I was kind of like, okay, like I'm already at, at Darsh Katani on everywhere speaking, which is what I'm going to follow me, like Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, everything. It's anyway. just, <laughs> just anywhere just, just type at, just type in Darsh Kithani and like it just, you, you'll get there or links down in the show notes down below it's been a crazy week I also have not posted a video in legit three weeks which is crazy I think that's the longest I've gone in a really long time I was gonna say what was your last video then it was the AirPod Max yeah oh like that long ago yeah I was thinking about it actually uh, now, that, now that you mentioned it, I don't remember if that was the last video I've seen of yours and I'm usually pretty in touch I usually check your watch your videos every time you drop one I'll watch it and I'll bring it up on the podcast I haven't brought it up in a couple of weeks I guess that means you haven't posted a video <laughs> well I appreciate that Full transparency. I've been binge watching How I Met Your Mother. So that's definitely part of it. It's taking up so much of my time. So mm-hmm. I got to get that under control. But also I just had a lot of like other like random behind the scenes stuff. Like I did like the live stream, which actually took some time. And then I've been doing a lot of stuff on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. but the next video is filmed. I just have to edit it. So hopefully this episode is going live on Monday. Hopefully it will be like the video will be posted this week. Okay. I'm excited. I also have another video in the works as well. I haven't even started working on it yet. Like I have the script ready. I have like everything ready to go. It just, I have to sit down and film it and I haven't had the chance. Which one? So I have two scripted videos ready to go. One is a what's on my phone, like what's on my minimalist iPhone iOS home screen setup because I set up my iOS home screen really, really well. Okay. And I think it looks aesthetic and minimal and stuff. But I think it's just an easy video I can just pump out real quick. Or I'm going to do my long awaited Notion video. Oh, no way. I have like a really, really cool intro idea for my Notion video. It just, I need like a solid bit of time to just sit down and like make it. It's going to be like a lot of handheld work. It's like not going to be on a tripod. And I'm just really scared to start it. I feel like that's what it is. That's what's holding me back probably right now. I'm just like scared to start it, to try it. Dude, now I really want to know what the idea is. I'll tell you after, off the podcast, everyone else on the podcast is going to have to just wait and listen. Unless maybe I just start a Patreon. You guys all just want to like hear what my video ideas are. Like, maybe I'll just do that. <laughs> Did you see the intro early? <laughs> yeah, dude, I just thought of a really like How I Met Your Mother inspired intro for like 
two videos from now. So I was working on the current video, which is like my digital, like minimalist setup. Mm -hmm. I was just like, shoot, I just want to work on the other one. So I stopped working on it and I scripted out the next video. So I'm super stoked about that one. It's the type of intro. I'll tell you about it after also. <laughs> that it is either going to like flop and like I'm going to lose like 50% of the audience in five seconds or it's going to do really well. I don't know. Intros are so interesting. Like in the clubhouse that I was in on Monday and for anyone that doesn't know, clubhouse is like this new audio only social media app that's kind of like blowing up right now. We did like this YouTubers review channels of Renee Ritchie who a lot of you probably know and we were basically just talking about like what he does well on his channel things to improve etc mm -hmm. one thing that he does really really well is a tangible hook in the first like 10 seconds of the video of like here's why you should stay type thing mm -hmm. so this one is like super not tangible so we'll see how it goes but there are so many different topics today the first one that i thought was really interesting when i was just like scrolling through to find topics for the episode is around targeted advertisements which darsh and i have weirdly talked about like on multiple episodes now mm -hmm. and this one is about google and their goal to stop selling ads based on your specific web browsing history. Just to add a little context to this, a lot of where they make their money is from advertisements. Google accounted for 52% of last year's digital ad spending at $292 billion. Wow, that's a lot of money. So it's insane. So obviously like there's a lot at play here, but they're changing the way that they're doing advertisements. So Darsh, what do you think about their new play? I think this is going to be really interesting. If you're in the marketing space whatsoever, you'll know that Google and Facebook ads are some of the most, there's some of the skills that you should just have if you're trying to go into marketing and seeing or hearing, I guess, $292 billion on a global ad spend like that that's a lot of money i think this would be really interesting to see like how they would go about because targeted ads have been a huge thing for google for facebook for everyone for so long but i guess because of the privacy issues that it does bring up there has been a need for something to change and i like the fact that google is planning on actually approaching this properly and doing it well and i hope they do it right not half-baked if you know what i mean yeah they said that they've been working on these new technologies that they're developing with other people called the privacy sandbox and it's to basically target advertisements without collecting information about like the individual from multiple sites mm -hmm. And if you guys are interested in checking this out, the Wall Street Journal did like a whole article about this, which is where we're getting a lot of our information from. It's really interesting because for anyone that doesn't know, the way that these cookies work on most sites is that you'll have these cookies that you have to accept, but often within that, there are certain things that you have to accept and then other optional ones that are just layered in. And when you hit accept all, you agree to things like tracking your search history or tracking what other applications and websites you go on. That's obviously why these advertisements are so good because they're getting like, they're basically creating a digital profile of you. Mm -hmm. So Google is talking about technology that analyzes like users browsing habits on their devices but isn't from the actual websites that they go on and kind of putting them into quote-unquote cohorts rather than like an individual user so i'm imagining that like you and i would be like in the same cohort of people that like coffee or something mm -hmm. and then like we'd get advertised coffee a lot versus like dersh kathani here's the website that he was just on and here's the coffee that he would like one of the things that actually i thought was really interesting just from this article and from like the information that i've been like reading up or just checked out about this for one the fact that google and apple actually have a deal together that they've been doing for years i think it's a deal where with $8 billion to $12 billion a year, according to the U.S. Department of Justice lawsuit. But basically what it's saying is that they're working together to undercut the competitors and using each other to share information. Apple and Google have both come out and said that they want to do the opposite now. They want to rein in tracking their user data, but Facebook has done the opposite. They've said that they want to actually keep targeted ads because it helps the small businesses, which I fully understand, but I feel like it's still just a huge just privacy issue. I, I don't know exactly how I feel about that still. This year, one of my main goals is to come out with a physical product. Mm -hmm. And with that, targeted advertisement from the business perspective is amazing because you can be like, all right, here are the things that my product does. If consumers looking at XYZ company, then also show my advertisement. Yeah. It makes sense from a business model, but like we're all also civilians in this world. And from that perspective, targeted advertisement is horrible. It keeps us on our phones longer, on social media. Our data is constantly being sold 
insulted people aside from just like spending money on stuff that we don't need there's also this whole element of like you can be indoctrinated with a certain type of viewpoint because once like you react positively to a political affiliation or conspiracy theory the way that the algorithm is currently working is that you'll just get more and more and more of this so if we reduce like targeted advertisements and the reducing amount of cookies etc hopefully there'll be like a less comprehensive profile of us but i watched that movie the social dilemma and a lot of the people that like worked on the algorithm or were super vital at different companies did not think that like any small change was going to do it and then it has to be like this massive overcorrection basically where like we fix a lot of what's going on and obviously that will severely reduce revenue for these big companies like google or facebook and it will also hurt small business so it's a really nuanced situation as a business owner i understand but i think that we're taking too much information and it, it has like more of a net negative effect than a net positive yeah what google has basically said and what they've come out with and what they've said so far at least about this matter is they're saying that they've realized that other companies are going to push ahead with these different types of ways to track users and they realize that that may mean that their other providers will be able to actually do that and they won't anymore but they believe that they need solutions and they need to do it quick when it comes to protecting their consumers and their customers privacies I, I fully agree with that i think that right now is very much a time like you're saying like we need to take a step back and actually look at what all the privacy concerns are because we're wearing tech on our wrists we're about to wear tech on our faces like tech is everywhere and it's so ingrained in our day-to-day lives i have three google homes set up about around my apartment i have one in my bathroom one by my bed stand and one in my common area with my roommates all three of them could be recording me at any time i wouldn't know that's kind of concerning if i asked my google in the morning like to remind me later to go buy shampoo the fact that i could get shampoo ads on instagram because of that or on any random website i feel like it just it's just there's so much cause for concern and i fully understand why google would want to pull out a little bit because this is just a slippery slope that they're just going to keep going down for quite a long time if they don't do something about it now yeah and also there's a whole department at all these companies like focusing on the ethical standpoint oh, yeah. but at the end of the day like with a business a lot of time like the bottom line is financial so it's interesting to see that like google has acknowledged that like you said certain companies will still offer the service that they don't but i think google's main advantage here is that they're already a huge search engine biggest search engine in the world and youtube is the second biggest so they already have a lot of organic traffic and like i don't see google like fading away anytime soon Mm -hmm. so they have a little bit more flexibility to like be a little more ethical and i think in the consumer's eyes like if i had to buy a voice assistant i'd be 10 more times likely to buy something from google than facebook so i think like that trust is like an intangible asset and something that's valued to the brand Mm -hmm. i think it's a really cool move we'll actually see an execution a lot of it right now is super vague there isn't like this really detailed plan of what they're going to do and what they're not going to do so i'm staying skeptical but it seems like definitely a step in the right direction i think it's going to be a really good step in the right direction and privacy concerns are a huge thing for a lot of people and i know that with wearables especially it's become increasingly more alarming but i feel like there are some wearables that could still provide you some really, really cool use that aren't necessarily stealing your data. And I feel like one of those actually is the Gatorade GX patch. It's a wearable that's basically analyzing your sweat to tell you how hydrated you are. I think it's I think it's a pretty cool new wearable that's coming out. Jacqueline, what, what are your thoughts on this new device? So it's really interesting for three main reasons. First one is it is like a wearable device, but unlike other wearables, it's disposable. So it's like a one-time use wearable, mm-hmm. which means that the cost of using it is super expensive if it's around like $25. So it's not like that's something that you're going to use every single workout, but Gatorade is a company who does advertisements at huge events, like huge football games, basketball games, etc. So you could totally see them partnering with like a LeBron James or another really big athlete and having this be like the thing that they do to track their performance when they're getting ready for a big game or at an important practice or something. So I think that it's going to be used more so for that. The flip side of that is like it's analyzing your sweat to give you hydration alerts. Kind of convenient that they sell a product that will help you hydrate. Yeah. It can go, <laughs> it can go either way like, oh my gosh, you know, you're running low. All right, hydrate 
a nearest Gatorade is five miles away. You could just totally see it like going like that. But I think it's a really interesting product. What I like about it and what kind of just struck out to me right now is the fact that it's going to be integrated within the Gatorade app. You're going to connect it to either Strava, Apple Health, and Garmin Connect. So you have these three different options to connect to your devices. And I wouldn't call myself a fitness enthusiast, but like I'm pretty into healthy lifestyle, just healthy living. I'd like to work out a decent amount. I feel like this is actually really cool. I would be interested in not even just for just an everyday type thing, just a once in a while, just to see how I'm doing in terms of hydration. Because when you're working out, like I feel like maybe for me, I just don't drink enough water when I'm working out because I'm always scared I'm going to get a cramp. So I always end up not drinking enough water throughout. And then yeah. by the end of it, I'm just having a protein shake. I'm not actually drinking like straight water. So I feel like that's not hydrating me as well as it could be. I think this could be a really cool product. I'm excited to see where it goes. If it's only 25 bucks though, I genuinely don't know how applicable this is going to be to the general consumer. I feel like it's going to be very much more niched towards like actual like athletes or people in like D1 level college athletes. I think they're going to find more use out of this than anyone else. Them, actual athletes and huge fitness junkies or fitness influencers. This is going to be huge with fitness influencers, 100%. I already know I'm going to see ads about this on my Instagram timeline very, very soon from everyone I follow in the fitness world. So this is going to be a very interesting one. I agree with you because Nike, like they make anyone feel like they could be an athlete, right? Like just do it. Gatorade is like a little bit more like when you watch a commercial from Gatorade, you feel motivated to like get out there and like, oh, you're a really good basketball player or something. Mm -hmm. So I think the advertisement is going to be super aligned with that. And even on their website, like they talk a lot about like previously this was only available to professional athletes, but now the sweat test is available for you and all athletes to perform. It's very much marketed as like something that was unattainable and now they're making it attainable for Mm -hmm. you. So like I could totally see people in high school or middle school or something like buying this and trying it out. It's actually kind of interesting though, because it's super small, pretty cheap. It's a feat that they were able to put this type of technology in something this small. And I think there's definitely potential for it. So I'm actually kind of excited about it. It's also interesting to see like an unconventionally not super tech company get into like the tech niche and the wearable niche. But you know, what's actually really interesting about the GX sweat patch. It doesn't account for Android users because it doesn't actually have any Android support because the wearable app, the GX app is only available for iPhone at the moment. But there are a ton of really, really cool Android based wearables that are actually good and can track your data. One of those things were a bunch of Android Wear OS based watches. Like there's a ton of Wear OS watches out there. Actually, funny enough, there's one that was around the rumor mill right now where there are a ton of renders that I actually wanted to talk to you about and ask you about. The Moto 360. Jacqueline, did you see the leaked renders for the new Moto 360? I did. And it actually brought me back to like when we were first discovering the tech niche on YouTube. Because mm-hmm. I feel like back in the day, the Moto 360 was like the YouTuber watch. Like Marquez wore it all the time. He made multiple videos about it. It had like that little like notch at the bottom. It was almost a perfect circle. And it was like kind of like the sweetheart of the tech community. But the Gatorade patch is a little different because it tracks your sweat profile. A lot of these wearable watches can't do that. Like they'll track your heart rate and things like that. But I think what makes the Gatorade one super unique is the sweat tracking and the hydration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also like with the Moto 360, it seems like the main upgrades are going to be like, it's like an actual perfect circle and then performance based. So it's not just like a health tracker, but it's also going to be like a watch to get notifications on, which is really cool. I don't know. Did you look into this and see the renders and would you buy it? Because I know you're kind of a watch guy. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. My biggest issue with the Apple watch. So just for moving over from the Gatorade thing, if you guys want to check out more about the GX patch, check the show notes down below. I'll make sure to add it whenever we set it up for releasing this episode. But when it comes to the Moto 360, I'm really intrigued by it because when the first Moto 360 came out, I actually had one for a bit. I went and bought one and I hated it because it was just so slow and it couldn't do anything. And then the second generation came out, I was hesitant to buy it. So I didn't. This is the third generation. Now, just to kind of get out of any confusion, Moto 360 as a brand is not anymore affiliated with Motorola. It's actually a couple of other companies that now own that brand. And so I don't know if it's actually going to be called the Moto 360, but it's going to be based on the same type of design architecture. It was basically the name was licensed and bought over by eBuy Now, which was then later merged with another company, CE Brands. Apparently, what we're looking at right now, though, is we're looking at leaked renders, marketing renders of the Moto 360 with a full circular display. So there's no more notch. So that means it's going to be fully immersive. It's 
running Android OS, and it's going to be featured in this really sleek design with the same kind of leather strap that we've known and seen from past generations. I'm personally just so excited about, and from the looks of it, it seems like you can actually take off the strap itself versus in the initial iteration of the Moto 360, it was attached into the casing itself. So now you can actually change out the band and it's more, I guess, versatile in terms of just being able to either get maybe a sports band or wear the leather one if you want to wear it out. But this is the type of smartwatch that I would actually be very, very interested in, especially if it has Apple or iOS integration. Because I know Samsung has integration now with iOS with their line of smartwatches. And I feel like if Google were to do the same with Android Wear OS and like it was actually like well enough baked in, I would 100% pick up the Moto 360 just from what I'm looking at right now. I haven't like seen, have you seen anything about like the pricing? I haven't seen any about the pricing, but what a lot of the information that, that we've been able to actually understand and kind of get from is Snapdragon's Wear 4100 processor, which was what actually leaked the photos in the beginning. It basically it's saying that it's going to go from a 12 nanometer processor to a 28 nanometer processor. I don't know necessarily exactly how much faster it's going to actually be. They're saying it's an 85% faster CPU and a two and a half times faster GPU with better battery life as well. So there's a lot of big claims that are coming from this chip. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see, but I have not seen any leaks though about the pricing. If I was like betting, I would say like two to $400, I think is like a pretty fair range. I think if they make it anything higher than 400, it will not sell that well. I would say, yeah, like I feel like 400 is probably closer to what it's going to be because it looks like it's going to be a very luxurious watch. It looks like the Huawei watch almost. Like it's, it looks like it's going to be very, very luxurious in terms of like the material and the way that it's set up. But it's going to be curious to see how they market it in terms of pricing. Yeah. Also like Wear OS as a whole is becoming a little less popular. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when the Apple Watch first came out, it was very much like new to the scene. Wear OS was predominant. A lot of people were buying smartwatches. Now it feels like nine times out of 10, if I see someone with a smartwatch, it's an Apple Watch. And most of my Android friends don't use a watch. It's going to be interesting to see how they market it, what features it has. And I also, I don't know if that's just like a falsehood just because like, I forget what it's called, but it's basically like, because I'm not seeing it in my life, I think it's universal. So I would love to like hear if anyone listening to this actually wears a Wear OS watch, but it seems to me that it's just less predominant. And even the ones that are out there, like the Samsung ones or Huawei, I don't see as much in my normal life. The only ones I've actually seen out in like the world are the Fossil ones because Fossil has like their whole lineup of different Wear OS watches. My biggest kind of pet peeve is, I don't know if it's, if it's been fixed or what it is, but the app support on Wear OS, I just felt was just so lackluster and I couldn't actually use most of the apps on my phone on my watch. I felt like it was just, it was just missing something. And because Android's so versatile, like I feel like there's never going to be a time where we can expect all apps to have a Wear version until Wear OS becomes such a predominantly popular OS to be used. Yeah, I agree with you. That's kind of on Android in general. There's so many different form factors. There's so many different types of Android phones and Android watches that it's hard to optimize for everything. Whereas on the iOS side of things, you have like the flagship iPhone of the year, then they support a couple of generations back. They pretty much all have very similar aspect ratios, similar shapes, functions, features. The Apple watches are the same thing. So because of that, app developers can really fine tune the experience and make it premium and make it kind of up to Apple quality, mm -hmm. which I think is one of the reasons among many other why we haven't seen a foldable iPhone yet. Because first of all, I don't think that the tech is fully there yet for Apple to release it without like durability concerns like we've seen with other foldable phones, but we're getting closer. And there was this new video that I saw on YouTube this week that like blew my mind. And it was this guy that basically bought a bendable display and then used a Raspberry Pi to like emulate what it would look like if iOS was on a bendable display. And his goal is to eventually like make a bendable phone. And seeing it in person showed me that 
I don't think it's that practical for me to just have the same size iPhone screen that's bendable. Like the flip phone, kind of like the Z Flip by Samsung. Mm-hmm. That is less exciting to me than a foldable phone where it's like small screen, giant screen type thing. Nevertheless, it made a really clickable thumbnail and it definitely picked up a lot of news this week. That's the thing, a foldable iPhone display. I feel like just iPhones are not going to be foldable for a decent amount of time. I don't know when I will be able to expect a foldable iPhone in the hands of consumers because I feel like it's just too many moving parts or just there's too much liability behind it. I don't know if Apple's going to put themselves out there yet, but if they were to, this idea, I feel like looks so cool. I would buy a foldable iPhone, but maybe that's just me. I definitely would once the tech gets there. The main issue with foldables in general is like the durability issues and Apple, they're a brand that's really about like not doing it first, but doing it right. And because of that, if I had to give like a guess, like a lot of people are like, oh, when's the foldable iPhone going to come out? Say anywhere from like one to five years. And I think on the further side, of that yeah but this person kind of just showed that like the screen potential is definitely there but the issue is like just because the screen is bendable doesn't mean that the rest of the phone is so like in this promo it's just the screen that he's showing Mm -hmm. you also need the other parts of the phone to be like malleable when you have moving parts in a phone there's durability issues dust issues etc so kind of interesting it would be very interesting to see i think we've already talked about tech for a little bit so i kind of want to refill my cold brew and if you're aligned on that dark we could head to a break and then when we come back we could talk about the new snapdragon announcement and some stuff that we like this week 100 be back in a sec guys welcome back from the short break how good was that song by the way if you guys have been enjoying the midway songs darsh picks out every single one and it's always a surprise for me when i hear it like when we do the revisions on the episode and it's so freaking good every single time always a banger i'm happy to hear you say that i like it just because it, i feel like it adds a little bit more of me to the podcast as well. Like it adds more of like a personal touch to it because we both have like our influences on the podcast and the different ways that we do different things in different episodes. And I feel like this is like one of the ways that I contribute and I feel really like I'm very proud of it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you guys are enjoying it. If you guys are enjoying it, tweet us, let us know. And like, if you guys have music suggestions, like shoot them my way. We talked about this, I think a couple weeks ago in a potential, if you guys are interested in a playlist created of everything we talk about and stuff we like this week, which is a segment, which is coming up very soon. If you have like a playlist that we do on like Spotify and Apple music and stuff, and you guys can follow and listen to the music that we recommend from the podcast, let us know. Oh, shoot, dude. We should literally call it like stuff we like this week and like have, just like have it be a running list of our music. Yeah, and it just be a running list of the music that we listen to that we talk about and stuff we like this week. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. I was actually just mentioning to Jacqueline, I have switched to a mechanical keyboard a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago now, I guess. It is just like, I can't switch back. Can you guys hear this? Like... <laughs> ASMR. ASMR. Just, I don't know. It, it's just so satisfying. I really, really enjoy it. We're back from the break. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about before we go to stuff we like this week is something on the similar lineup of music. It's actually Qualcomm's new Snapdragon sound certification. It's a certification that Qualcomm has now where they'll be able to create chips like processors, Bluetooth connections, stuff like that, where they'll be able to transmit hi-fi wireless wavelengths of music into hi-fi headphones, basically offering people who want lossless audio quality the opportunity to listen in hi-fi headphones that are now wireless. So it's opening up a whole new door to music listening. Jacqueline, I I know you use the AirPod Max, right? Were those considered hi-fi headphones? To be honest with you, I don't know if they had like the certification. I could look it up, but I know that like when people were like pitching them, they were like, oh, they offer hi-fi audio in a consumer device. But I think that was more so like people just like saying that. Mm -hmm. So Qualcomm announced that Snapdragon Sound is going to be quote unquote, a chain of audio innovations and software. 
basically the point of it is to offer high resolution wired quality audio, but in a wireless capacity, the same way that I'd have like the golden boy headphones, the ATH M50 X's from Audio-Technica, having that in a wireless capacity that was able to provide the same quality of music and same quality of audio to my ears as the wired version. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for a Bluetooth audio that has APTX adaptive codecs that play back hi-fi music at up to 24 bits at 96 kilohertz. It's going to be very high quality sound and stuff that like you probably have seen or heard from different streaming platforms like Tidal. Tidal is a streaming platform created by Jay-Z who actually literally made it for high quality music. It's literally meant for hi-fi music. And some of the people who listen to music through this platform will actually connect a digital to analog converter, a DAC to their phones so that they can listen to music with high quality through it, which I think is insane. Yeah, honestly, I can't find the thing about AirPods Max. So no worries. Call in the people listening. If you know, make us look like idiots for not knowing and let us know on our Twitter. If you guys have just heard that, it's like this Hot Wheels car that I've been playing with. So I apologize about that. It kind of fits in really well, Darsh, actually with what we talked about last week with like the lossless quality on Spotify now. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that we're seeing this real big push for like higher quality audio. And in general, like audio platforms are taking off. Podcasts have always been popular, but like truly audio platforms are taking off right now. So this is a perfect time for Snapdragon and Qualcomm to like come in mm-hmm. and do this. And that Clubhouse we were on last week with Leron talking about like Spotify's new push with podcasting and stuff and mm-hmm. like Clubhouse's new push and stereo. There's just tons of audio opportunities and we're listening to so much on our phones now that it makes sense to have higher quality ability and better Bluetooth as companies keep cutting the port and stuff. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Also like just genuinely listening to better quality stuff changes your playlist. Mm-hmm. Every night I try to listen to like the AirPods Max for like 30 minutes before bed. It changes the way I feel about every single song because you just feel immersed in it. Like you feel like you're getting your own private concert by an artist. It's honestly incredible. Like so I have ATH M20Xs lower tier but they're still like in a sense studio monitors are meant to monitor audio and so I plug them into my DAC now whenever like I'm listening to music or watching a movie at my desk and I don't want to be loud for my roommates instead of plugging my AirPods because I'm still having that freaking issue. Oh, same though. It's driving me insane. So I switched to wired headphones whenever I'm on my laptop now, but I plug them in and I listen to things and it's just incredible the audio that I hear through this DAC because it's fully able to power my headphones and I'm able to hear out of my headphones like properly. Sound quality is a huge thing, at least for me. And I actually want to pose a question to everyone listening. Is sound quality a huge thing for you? So one of my courses actually in school was asking me a question about mp3 files and was asking about what is the importance behind a high quality mp3 file and i think this is a very interesting question considering that we're being offered now high quality hi-fi music even spotify now bringing in lossless quality audio as an option in the premium tiers of audio as an add-on like premium members this is going to be very interesting to see like how important music quality becomes and how much everyone becomes more of an audiophile i feel like everyone's become like pretty good in like watching good quality video but audio is about to take off and i think this is like a huge step forward for that yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm actually incredibly excited. Also, like, DxO Mark has been doing a ton of stuff, testing different ratings on smartphones and stuff, mm-hmm. testing out, like, camera quality. There's a ton of opportunity for these companies to kind of come in and also test out speaker quality and the types of different formats. I think that's one of the reasons why LG is so popular mm-hmm. with audio files because of the DAC like the higher quality DAC. I talk about that in every single LG video I've ever done. Every single phone that I've gotten from LG with the DAC, I absolutely adore because, so here's the thing, I have a very controversial opinion on LG. I like LG's phones, I hate their software. I love how their phones feel, I love how they look. I don't like the software, maybe that's just me. But the fact that every almost every single phone for a very long time has included a DAC, a digital analog converter, I just feel like it's really cool and it's a really standout feature. I remember in one of my videos, I was like, oh, it has a DAC. And people were like, every phone has a DAC. It just has a higher quality DAC. And yeah. that like was like, like mind-blowing to me because you need it um, obviously to listen to stuff but it is like immensely different quality it makes a huge difference speaking of LG I don't know if you saw but Mr. Who's the Boss made a video about like why no one buys LG phones 
and it was really interesting actually it was all about like their marketing they actually have a really similar product to a lot of brands but it just does not sell nearly as well actually that would be a very very interesting video. i haven't seen that i think i have to I, i've been going through like different youtube rabbit holes every couple of days like i won't be on youtube for like a week and then i'll go sit down for like four hours and just go through everything i missed and so i gotta do that one of these upcoming days and i'll definitely add that to my list before we round out snapdragon the snapdragon sound i want to just bring up some of the specs that it's able to do and one of them is actually the improvements that qualcomm plans to have because qualcomm basically with the Snapdragon sound, they are essentially already creating a lot of the components that are found in headphones and earbuds from like huge companies like Bose, Jabra, One More, Sennheiser, Audio-Technica, Anchor, and more. And so what the Snapdragon sound badge that's going to appear on these boxes basically going to mean that these smartphones and audio products will be able to be part of this HD audio chain where they're going to get really, really good audio quality. And Xiaomi and Audio-Technica have already announced that they're going to be the first two Snapdragon sound partners. That means that their devices are going to have clear voice call quality, lower latency when playing games down in 89 milliseconds plus better connection stability and minimal dropouts and glitches in busy wireless signal environments. So this is going to be really, really cool. And I'm so excited for it. And I want to hear what you guys think. If you guys are excited for this as much as we are, like let us know, tweet at us at digital dive pod, follow us on Instagram, follow our personal accounts, tweet at us on our personal accounts. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you guys think about audio and where it's headed. I'm really excited. And speaking of Twitter, they did a thing today called writing bios today. And basically like you would submit and then they would write your bio. I just saw Jen is Eric submitted and they told her to change her bio and I'm not kidding when I say this to quote unquote Justine's sister that's so mean but at the same time so funny brutal man oh they did one to spider they replied to spider-man what they say spider-man no way home what you got for me twitter replies spider-man no way home starring Tom Holland Zendaya Jacob Batalon Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield only in movie theaters this Christmas because it's been a huge a bunch of like rumors and stuff about how this is gonna be a multiverse based movie and it's gonna be featuring the OG spider-man Tobey Maguire and the second kind of half-baked Spider-Man Andrew Garfield. Oh, dude, that was just a brutal opinion on your part saying half-baked. I guess you don't like his movies? The Amazing Spider-Man, I thought was a, they were good two movies, but I much rather and much prefer the first generation of Spider-Man movies because Tobey Maguire was able to really do it well. And I think for one of the first real superhero movies to come out and that being Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, I thought he really, really did it well because he had nothing to base it off of. I feel like Andrew Garfield had a lot of different influences that he could have taken from. And it's not even fully his fault. Just the way that Peter Parker was written, I didn't, I didn't like the bad boy skater Peter Parker. I felt like Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland had a good Peter Parker and they also played Spider-Man pretty well. Andrew Garfield played a good Spider-Man, but still I like the Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland movies. That's just my take on it. What do you think happens? Like just continuing down this like long tangent, what do you think happens when like Tom Holland gets like older? Like will they replace him with a different Spider-Man? Well, I mean, you can only have like these movies going on for so long, right? Like Iron Man had three movies and then Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. He was just co-starring in different movies as time progresses. So I imagine Tom Holland, the movie series is going to watch him grow up I, I could see like genuinely I can see three to six movies from the Spider-Man series by the time like Tom Holland's like in college like he's finishing up college I feel like that's when they're gonna like pull him out from his own movies and he's just gonna be joining in different Avengers movies in like upcoming stages and just be like so much older yeah he's just gonna be older and just like enjoying life but the big thing that I like right now with this line of movies is that Spider-Man or Tom Holland is like going through high school and I think it's I think it's really cool and you know what that's gonna be my first thing for stuff we like this week because I did end up re-watching the first Spider-Man movie and I absolutely loved it like the first spider-man with tom this first tom holland spider-man movie so spider-man homecoming oh, really? i rewatched it this week one of the favorite things that i've seen in a while just because it was i felt nostalgic and like i love the movie it was just i love marvel and i got to see tony stark and like robert downey jr leaving the mcu is very sad for me but anyway that's one of my stuff that's one of my stuff we like this week stuff i like this week was definitely spider-man homecoming if you guys haven't seen it or you just haven't watched the mcu what are you doing go watch the mcu it's fantastic at jacqueline <laughs> yeah dude i actually love that movie i don't really love the superhero movies in general which i know you and Luke 
Luke like just like roasted me for. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they're really like cinematically good and maybe I just have to rewatch them, but I actually really genuinely liked all the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. He did really I think well. He's like an incredibly talented actor. Yeah. For me, my first one for this week is going to be a movie actually. I just rewatched Divergent. Ooh. And it was really good. Did you read the books? I did, yeah. Yeah, I read all the books and I liked the books better, but Divergent the original the first movie was fantastic. I loved it. I know. It, it sucks that they never finished it. They did Insurgent, right? They made they made Insurgent as a movie. No, but they did like a part one of like the last book and then they never finished it because I think like the actors couldn't agree on the deal. Oh, I feel so bad. Funny enough, actually, this is just a different, this is like a little tangent. I So my roommates were really, really into Aaron Rodgers. Their favorite phrase is Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. He's a football player on uh, the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Shailene Woodley's actually engaged to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. It was trending on Twitter. I was like, that's sick. Like, I, like, I just, like that's just funny because my roommates have been talking about Aaron Rodgers all year. They've been trying to get me into football in an attempt to do so. They talk, taught me a lot about Aaron Rodgers and I watched a lot of his highlight reels and it was trending on Twitter, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. I feel like that's like a random matchup because oh, I yeah. watched like one of her interviews and she was like, said that she never had watched football before. Oh, she doesn't go to the games. She doesn't go to any of the games. That's what she said. I know. It's so funny. Like, good for them. I'm happy for her and Tim. Same here. What's your next one for this week? My next one this week is actually a different one. So I've been re-listening to a lot of old Drake as of late. And it, okay, so for everyone listening, like I'm from Toronto, man. Like, I mean, from like the G- greater Toronto area before any of my friends listen to this and tweet at me and they're like, you're not from Toronto. He's like, you're from GTA. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm like a huge Drake fan. My brother's a huge Drake fan too. And I kind of like grew up listening to a lot of Drake with him because like he influenced a lot of my music tastes. Been listening to a lot of older Drake. So uh, in specific, if you're reading this, it's too late. That was one of the first albums that got me fully into like hip hop. And if you guys haven't listened to it, like it's older Drake, it's less poppy, it's more hip hop. And if you're into hip hop, I haven't listened to it. If you're into hip hop, like I- I'd highly recommend it. It's less poppy Drake. It's more like actual rap. And it for me, it just feels nice and like nostalgic. It gives me, makes me feel nostalgic. I've been really nostalgic the past couple of weeks. Not going to lie to you. It's called, if you're reading this, it's too late. If you're reading this, it's too late. There's a bunch of memes about it when in that year when it came out, which I think was like 2015. Okay. I'm definitely going to check it out. Very, very good album. Highly, highly recommend it. For me, I've actually been also re-listening to an artist discography, um, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Her album, 1989, is like kind of the one, like she was already super accomplished and popular, but like that album, like there were so many songs of that that like kind of blew up. Like even if you weren't a fan of her, you heard songs from that album, whether it be like Shake It Off, Blink Space. There's a ton of like hits on that album. Mm-hmm. But for me, I've been re-listening to that whole album, but my favorites are I Know Places and You Are In Love. Both those are really good. We'll definitely have to check that out. Dude, we got to create the album. Like we got to create a playlist. We, you, you just got to make a playlist. I Honestly, this week, let's do it. Let's, let's let's make a playlist and let's just start throwing in music in there that we're listening to that we really like. Everyone listening to the podcast, if you guys want to hear it and you guys want to like listen to the playlist, like we'll share it with you. Come listen to it. And then that way also you and I can make sure that we're sharing music with each other still and we can- Oh, sick. Yeah. We can just check it out. I think that'd be sick. That would be so cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's definitely do that. Let's Even if no it. one wants it, we're doing it now. We're doing it for each other. We're doing we're doing it for just for <laughs> us, you know, like so so we can do it. And anyone listening who wants to who wants to jump in on it, that'd be great. Actually, that leads to another stuff we like this something I like this week. Not necessarily this week, but it this what inspired me to bring up the Spotify thing. Have you ever watched Binging with Babish on YouTube? He's like the guy that recreates popular food, right? He makes food from pop culture. He's a really, really cool guy and just like his music sense is it's very interesting because it got me into like this all bunch of different genres of music. He has a playlist on Spotify which just like all of his all of his music that he like listens to and chills with and it's just it's like a really really cool playlist and it's followed by thousands of people really yeah just his playlist of just like stuff he likes to listen to while he's cooking and he just changes it every couple of weeks it's a really really good playlist as well if it's if you're trying to look for new music you're like open to hearing new types of music like I'd say listen to it I've heard a lot of cool stuff in that playlist wow all right I will check that one out too the last one for me this week is actually a youtuber her name is Caitlin shoemaker and she basically does recipes Ooh. for anyone that doesn't know I'm vegetarian all of her stuff is like either vegan or vegetarian 
vegetarian or like most of it is. And she did the best takeout style fried rice and I made it mm-hmm. and it was so freaking good. I've like never made good at home fried rice. Like it always just does not taste as good as like in a restaurant. And it was like super comparable. So it's like a nine minute video, super easy recipe. And it was like incredible. I might have to try that because my fried rice, every time I make it turns out so salty. I don't know why. Yeah, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll link it to you. I'll also put it in the show notes for anyone that wants to check it out. But yeah, it yeah. was actually really good. I will definitely, definitely check that out. I think I'm actually done and out of stuff I like this week. Didn't like a lot of stuff this week. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah, I think I'm good on my end. Jacqueline, what about you? That's pretty much it. Luke and I are working on creating the newsletter. Luke, this is actually like our reminder to us because we keep forgetting. So <laughs> someone uh, DM me in like the dive discord and they were like, where's the newsletter? I was like, oh shoot, I forgot. So Luke and I are working on that, finishing it up. And in that, I'm going to have definitely a section called like weekly favorites where I put like favorite books, music, etc. that I listened to that week. So more will be there. Mm-hmm. But that's all for me for this week. I think this is actually hopefully a pretty good episode. Let us know on Twitter if we covered enough stuff, if you like what we covered. Thank you so much to Luke, our friend and editor for editing this podcast episode. Thank you to Adil Constantine for our incredible intro and outro music. And Darsh, I'll throw it to you for finishing touches. 100%. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure to check out all of our social media links. Link down below in the show notes. Wow, I did that really fast. If you guys like my fast talking, like like radio, hello, I am talking on the radio host. If you guys like that, maybe I'll, maybe I'll incorporate it into sections of the podcast. Maybe I'll do stuff we like this week in like a full like reporter voice. <laughs> As like a radio. As like a radio persona. host. Jacqueline, you can't hear me right now because I'm speaking to you through Zoom with my my laptop volume i'm hearing myself through the mic and i sound like a reporter man i'm just like just to toot my own horn a little bit but you guys let me know if you guys think i sound like a reporter and like i i I could actually like you know be a reporter on the podcast a little bit like let me know if you guys want to hear that like i'm i'm happy to play around that voice i think it's so much fun it would actually be hilarious if someone like takes time out of their day to write and be like no you don't that'd be heartbreaking and i'd probably cry myself to sleep that night but it's okay (laughs) my ego is not that fragile anyway though thank you guys so much for listening that was a little bit of a tangent in the end there but hope you guys did really enjoy it if you did check out all of our links in the show notes down below also make sure to subscribe give us a five-star rating if you guys are on apple music or share us with a friend this week just pick up one of the episodes of the podcast that you liked and send it to a friend that might enjoy it maybe they'll be part of the digital dive gang if you guys want to give us a five-star rating and go the extra mile if you write a comment that like a review that actually means so much like i always send them to darsh they're so they're so nice, nice and like well articulated like you guys are really good writers too so if you want to do that that'd be dope if you actually enjoy the episode but you just listening is more than enough for us 100%. and we'll catch you next monday 7 a.m central 8 a.m eastern see you then See you then, guys.